0: If you're new to Thrive, if you are not just new to Thrive, but you're new to church generally, never been to church before, maybe you're just exploring, you're curious, you're just kind of checking out the Bible, checking out Jesus, then we are so thrilled that you're here, and we hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can ask whatever questions you may have. Uh, You know, and if you have any questions at all, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca, and we're so glad to hear from you. Welcome to Thrive Church, everybody. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It's called The Art of Healthy Relating. And it's a series that's all about relationships. Because how many know that especially in a time like this, we need to make sure we are intentional about our relationships. And we want to have healthy relationships in our homes, in our workplaces, with the people that we spend the most time with. And how many know that that takes work? You know, healthy relationships don't happen automatically. It takes work. It takes intentionality. And in this series, we're looking at different keys to experiencing a new horizon in, in your relationships, have you found this series helpful so far? Have you? It's kind of maybe. Hopefully, uh, you know it's great. it's been a good series to go through with you. So much fun to go through with you. And uh, today uh, we're looking at uh, something very very important when it comes to relationships. Uh, we're talking today about R and R. Everyone say R and R. A lot of people say, oh, I need some R&R. They mean, you know, I need some rest and some relaxation. But starting last week, we talked about how very often conflicts happen in relationships due to a lack of another R&R. And uh, that R&R are responsibility and respect. Responsibility and respect. Very often, when you have a conflict with someone you love, with someone you work with, you will often find that that conflict is sourced in, rooted in, something to do with responsibility, a lack of it maybe, or respect, a perceived lack of respect. Is that what you did? You felt disrespected. You felt like that person didn't treat you the way you should, or that person or you maybe messed up. You, you maybe weren't responsible in a certain way. So many conflicts happen because of a lack of R and R. Turn your name and say, I think I can use some R and (laughs) R. I think I can use some R and R. I think we all can. And so last week we talked about the importance of responsibility in relationships and we learned that you know when we're not responsible, uh, you know, a number of areas of our lives suffer. We looked at five different areas where our lives suffer when we're not responsible. But how many of this is that when we are responsible, that's great. That's important. We need that to have healthy relationships. But how many know that responsibility on its own is not enough? Because many people, you can be responsible and a jerk at the same time. (laughs) You can be responsible and unpleasant to deal with. You can be responsible and rude and, you know, very not courteous. You can be very trustworthy and extremely difficult at the same time. And so it's not just about having responsibility. Today, we're also talking about the second R in R and R, and that is the importance of respect in relationships. And so it's with that in mind that I want to take you to some verses today. Before I hand the time to Pastor Tim to give us the the meat of the message, we're going to look at some verses on respect in relationships. How know that the Bible says so much about the importance of respecting one another in our relationships? And so, uh, whether it's people you just meet or people you you're you're you know, you're very different from, uh, it's about learning to respect others. Uh, and let's look at so a few verses right now. Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty one. What does it say? In the message paraphrase, it says, "Out of respect for Christ, be courteously rever." Reverent to one another. I really like that be courteously reverent to one another. Another one, Romans 13, seven. I think this is probably CRA's favorite verse. Look at it. It says, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you, if, if revenue, revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Next one, Leviticus nineteen three. Each of you must respect your mother and father. Uh, that's talking about parents, like relationships with parents. First Thessalonians five twelve and 13. It says, dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And then what's another one? 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Ephesians 5, 33, it's the other way now. It's the wife must respect her husband. Look at that. That's, that's all we'll talk about marriage. And finally, last verse for now, Romans 12, 10, it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves, and so you see over and over in different contexts, different types of relationships. Whether it's with people in authority, uh, parents, uh, you know, people that you live with, maybe your spouse, or it's with people generally, with your church family, with strangers. We are called to treat people with respect and honor. And so, with that in mind, to talk about the importance of respect and honor today, please welcome Pastor and Doctor Tim O'Shea. As he brings the message to us today, let's give him a big hand as we welcome to the stage today. Praise God!
1: Good morning. Thank you, Pastor JB. What an honor it is to share in this great series that has been happening here at Thrive for a number of weeks now. The art of healthy relating. Uh, what a, what a great series this has been. Uh, and not shallow stuff. I mean, there's been some real depth of understanding that has come through. I, I say what has been happening has been like university-level teaching. Uh, it's, it's really, really been good uh, digging into this, uh, this uh, series. I want to I, I uh, just mention this morning that, you know, as you take in the Sunday Messages and then you review, and then you interact in small groups, something very powerful happens. It's not just a Sunday go-to-church meeting kind of thing where you, you come and go and kind of drop it and forget it, but it's, you're integrating this into your life as you share with others and as you uh, interact with each other. And I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, to become part of a small group at Thrive. Uh, That's a big part of the life of Thrive and uh, the life of the church. Uh, You know, the Bible tells us the New Testament church, they they met daily in the temple, and and they were rehearsing what God was doing and uh, sharing with one another and uh, and becoming intimate in those things that concern the kingdom of God. And so I encourage you this morning, plug in. In every possible way you can, and uh, and this will cause growth in your life, and it'll actually result in the church growing uh, altogether. So we're not just Sunday Christians; we are a co- we're a community, the community of Christ. It has been spa- said that respect and honor are the cornerstone, is the cornerstone in building a long-lasting relationship. Uh, last week you heard from Pastor JB on the subject of responsibility. What a great word that was. Today I want to talk about respect. I want to talk about honor. Because this is all part of building healthy relationships honor I believe should be a core value in our lives and in the church not dishonor but honor in the courts we go to the uh, attend a court where we're before a judge and examiners etc we always use terms like your honor and we come with this whole idea of respect into the courtroom you know, uh, what we're dealing with in life, generally speaking, is, uh, is serious and we should treat everything that is happening in our world and in our life with respect and with honor. We should hold in high esteem those who we are communicating with and uh, thus we can build long-lasting relationships. So we want this to be a core value in our lives. Uh, placing high value on the person and the individuals that we address or speak to. You know, the scriptures have a lot to say about honor and, uh, and respect. The Bible tells us that we are to honor the Lord, and we are to honor His house. lot said about that. We are to honor his word. When his word is being preached, we honor it and we, we grab onto it and uh, we say, this word is for me and it will change my life. And we state that often at Thrive when the sermon is uh, about to happen. Uh, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And we're honoring the Word of God when we say these things. The Bible also talks about honoring our parents. How important it is for children to grow up with that understanding and with that core value that we, we honor our father and our mother. And the Bible tells us when we honor that we will live long upon the earth. We'll have a good, long life uh, my my mom would often tell me when I was growing up, she said, Timothy, if you're going to disobey, you're, you may not live very long on this earth. I said, oh, I don't want that. I, I want to live a long time. And so, therefore, I would respond with a little bit of respect. You know how it is with kids. And uh, so we, we, we need to place high value on that. Uh, we, the Bible also teaches us that we are to honor our our spouse. Husbands are to honor their wives. That's in First Peter. We read about that, and wives are to honor their husbands. Uh, and, uh, and with with a little a little humor, I would often say the ladies. When we'd be speaking to ladies, you know, the Bible uh, set the example through Sarah where it says that As Sarah called Abraham Lord, whose daughters are you. And uh, I say to my wife, well, dear, you can call me Lord, and that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but seriously, you know, there should be that underlying uh, desire to honor each other because uh, you know they're God's creation the, the husband or the wife uh, each are God's creation and uh, and and how valuable my wife is to God and to me and uh, the same should be said in the direction of the husband and he should be honored and uh, the bible teaches us to honor leadership on every level in the church and then First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 talks about that, uh, and then Romans chapter 13 talks about uh, regarding and respecting those who give leadership in government. Now, you know, in a democratic society, you know, people are, you know, so prone to say, well, you know, it's, it's all about freedom of speech, and sometimes... Uh, uh, it, uh, it actually disintegrates or, or things can disintegrate rather than just have freedom of speech we, we are expressing and saying things that are, are harmful and hurtful toward leaders I believe that we, we should do our very best in a democratic society while we may disagree we should we should be able to say your honor may I May I challenge you on this, but do it with all due respect. And uh, again, these are very turbulent days, and and uh, in government, and uh, there's so much disagreement going on in government, and sometimes it ends up in disarray, and there's disorder, and we do not want that. We always want to have that underlying value of honor and respect. When we're speaking to those who are in leadership, when uh, I over the years uh, worked around city hall and some aspects of uh, the community, community, and uh, in the meetings, uh, it was often said, "Your Worship," when addressing the mayor, "Your Worship, Mayor," whoever the mayor was. Uh, that word "worship" in that context means worthship. We value who you are, and we address you knowing that you have value to this community, and you have a very high calling, and uh, you uh, have uh, great responsibility, and therefore, we honor and we respect you by saying your worship. I used to have a struggle with that thought, you know, only God is worshipped. We're not worshipping the mayor when we're saying you're We are saying we value you. You're, there is worth about you, and, and so on. So we honour all leadership on all levels, whether it's in the home, whether it's in business. The, the Bible teaches us that we are to, to honour those who are uh, leaders in 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 the workplace. And, uh, you know, Peter put it this way. He said, even those who may be harsh at times, we still honor them. You know, sometimes leaders lose it, and we need to give them a little bit of space. And uh, because of the pressure and because they're human, uh, we should uh, make allowance, even even if there might be a harshness in the, in that leader at some point. Uh, we we need to overlook that and and still honor and still regard and be thankful for the leadership that they give. The Bible teaches us also that we're just to honor one another. And uh, and all people we we honor is such a big deal these days with uh, with uh, you know the different cultures that are coming together and and how uh, some cultures coming into our our nation at first or in the past uh, were put down and they were not respected and not regarded as they should. And, and, uh, and a lot is being said about that these days, and, and uh, thank God it's being brought to the surface because all people, no matter what race, no matter what color, they should all be respected. You know, there's some things in cultures that I find it difficult to, uh, to kind of uh, go with, uh, because uh, you know the, even 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 manners or dress or how they conduct themselves sometimes it's not the easiest to take when we're brought up in another culture but that's where we need to have grace and tolerance and and, and we we respect and we honor regardless of those things and we say you know we just want to we just want to honor uh, the Bible teaches also that uh, we should honor those who are our elders, those who are older than than us. Our kids used to have fun with that one because you know, one daughter was two years older than the other, and he says, "You got to listen to me. I'm your elder," <laughs> and uh, the youngest didn't have a chance. You know, he uh, he was down the line a few more years, and he really had to honor. Well, anyway. Uh, all joking aside, it's it's uh, the Bible teaches us that we are to honor the the gray head, the 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 hair that have turned gray. We honor the experience and the things that they have have um, gone through that make us wise in life, and all of these things uh, help to make and build. Uh, healthy relationships, as we honor in all of these levels, uh, we, we grow and we become respectable people. You know, in, in our own personal conduct, it's important for us to evaluate from time to time how I am doing in my relationships, or maybe you need to talk to a friend and say to that friend, uh, "How do you think I'm relating to other people? Am I helpful, or am maybe I am I hurtful at times?" You know, I think as as people who want to grow in the grace of God, it's good for us to become accountable to others and say, "How am I doing in my life?" Uh, the question we should always ask is what i'm doing honoring god number one number two is it honoring people those those are my two responsibilities in life i need to number one honor god number two i need to honor people not honor the wrong things that people would do it's not what we're asking, but we generally we're we're saying we are we are we on into honoring people. Does it honor God? Does it honor others? Respectable people live that way. They live with the intent that I, I want to honor. I want to do the very best. You know, I often think of uh, this church thrive thrive church and. And uh, one of the first times uh, we attended, we thought, well, this is very interesting. You know, if you're new here, you become a VIP. I, I think, wow, that's that's pretty amazing. You know, that's a way of honoring. And people feel honored by that. And, uh, you know, if you're new, you also even get more than just the, the, the label VIP. You get a a wonderful bottle, a... a Not just a plastic bottle, but a, hey, oh, what is it? A, uh, yeah, stainless steel water bottle. (laughs) I like when Pastor Shar announces that prior to the service. You'll get a stainless steel. We would like to send you a stainless steel. What? That's all about honor. It's all about honor. Say to somebody else, it's all about honor. When you think of heaven... When I think of heaven, I think about respect. I think about honor. In heaven, there's going to be, of course, praise and adoration to our king, the one who sits on the throne. His name is Jesus. And there you see this wonderful principle and way of respecting and honoring in heaven. Lord, we honor you, we worship you, we adore you. In heaven, there's going to be rewards handed out. After the judgment seat of Christ, we'll be rewarded, or during that time, however all that works. There will be appreciation. Heaven's gonna have appreciation like you wouldn't believe. Uh, And this will go on and on. There's going to be beauty and well-being. There'll be no sorrow, no pain. Why? Because there's all this honor and regard and respect that's going on. And God is going to put his His people up, as I would say, in a 10-star facility for eternity. And he is going to honor you for your service and he's going to honor you for who you were created to be as you in turn honor him. You see, when you put somebody up in a a nice place or you make uh, this room uh, that you have your guests come to in your home special for your guests, that's a way of showing honor. And that's what heaven is going to be like. There's a way... In heaven of showing honor God is going to put his people up in in a wonderful place with wonderful applaud throughout eternity this is heaven and so everything we do on earth we want to do like heaven does your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven So I want heaven's will, I want heaven's rule, I want heaven's ways to be made known in the earth and therefore we regard and treat each other with honor and we carry this whole uh, thing of respect and honor into everything that is done. We know that there's another kingdom in this world and uh, out there and it's called the kingdom of darkness. It's a whole different kingdom. You know, we have heaven, and then God forbid, but we have hell, which is the opposite. And um, hell is going to be a place of torment. You read about it in Luke chapter 16 where, where the rich man and Lazarus are, are told. They are told the story and how horrible hell is and in hell there's not going to be honor there's not going to be uh respect shown it's it's all about torture it's all about lies it's going to be a horrific horrible place pain separation war striving violating immorality abuse and lies That's all part of that kingdom. It's a horrible kingdom. Whereas God's kingdom is all about respect and about honor and beauty and all the wonderful things we've talked about. My belief is this, that our homes and the church should be the closest thing to heaven on earth. My wife has been a wonderful housekeeper and a wonderful mother, and she really engaged in positive ways in raising the children and setting an atmosphere in our home over the years. Uh, I lived a very, very active, busy, focused, long-hour life as we... Pastored and then the early years, uh, bef- as we were growing into pastoring, we were we, we were, uh, bivocational. I ran a, ran a business and uh, ran a church and, and traveled the world and traveled all over Canada, and uh, so when I came home, I was so appreciative of what Sandra did because it was like coming into heaven when I came home kids were there to greet me with respect and regard. Daddy, we missed you. And uh, my wife was there with her loving embrace. And this was like heaven on earth to me. But then another sort of like heaven place was the church, which we started and built over many years. And I just love coming into the, into the atmosphere of praise and worship and where people were greeting and loving and caring for each other and showing the love of God and where people who were strangers would come in and they would find Christ and their lives would be changed and heaven would enter into their life. And they would start building homes that would be like heaven and they would add to the church, which is a little bit of heaven and earth. I think this is a wonderful way to live your life. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I recommend him to you. I encourage you to become a Christian, one who is a Christ follower, and, and, and experience heaven in your home, heaven in your heart, heaven in the church, and let that heaven even move out into the community and world that you work in. And so it's my belief that as we go to the workplace, we take the presence of God to the workplace. And God is made known through us because we are we are respectful, honorable people. We That's who God is. He, he's one to be respected, and he's one to be honored, and we become more and more like him as we grow in christ and therefore we take this out into the world above all we want god's will in our lives marriages should be like like heaven i uh i wrote a book on marriage divorce and remarriage a number of years ago and uh, i outlined a number of 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 points in what we face in this world. And um, I wrote there that marriage can be like hell. It can be like hell. And there are hell makers. There's things that make a marriage like hell. What are some of them? That is when my will is above God's will, and God does not have control that's where hell can happen or where i do not deny myself but i'm demanding self denial of my partner you know that can create hell in the in the home a failure to examine myself and examine the other person all the time that that's a hellmaker You're just having this critical look at the other person, but you never look at your own heart. You know, the communion is uh, designed to look at ourselves, not somebody else. And uh, therefore, we encourage people to examine themselves, as, as Paul said, and then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. When we allow sin to have dominion in the home. Hell happens. When our minds and our mouths are out of control and we just let the devil put it whatever into our mind and we speak those horrible things with our mouth, like you always, and then curse words and swear words can come in there, I say, Oh God, deliver me from that hell. Then, of course, when a third party comes into a relationship and there can be different kinds of third parties, it can be, you know, another person or it can be things or it can be too much time spent away from the home or or an alignment to things that that are not good, these things make hell in the home. You see, the church in our lives can be like heaven or... They can be like hell. The same principles apply whether it's to marriage, relationships out in the world, uh, in the church, and so on. I've I've gone to churches. Honestly, when I walked in the door of some churches and was around for just a little bit, I say, God, get me out of here. This is not like heaven. There's fighting going on, and people won't relate to each other in a positive way. What a horrible thing you see god's got good plans for us a lot better than that think of our world today right now we have ukraine and russia at war i think of the horrors of all of that young children are being killed i heard just uh, this morning on on the news that they're anticipating way over a million people that are leaving the country. They're wanting to get out of that hell and find some place that's just a little bit like heaven. Where there's hope and 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 so forth. Those places there's no safety and no security. What a what a terrible thing this is. You know, um I want to I want to mention today that the 10 commandments are actually wonderful commands that that build a wonderful life for us here on this earth. Number one there there are four things in the 10 commandments that are about our relationship with God. And there are six things in the 10 commandments that are relation are geared to our relationship with others. Ten commandments in, in simple terms is put God first first. Worship God only use God's name with respect. Remember God's day of rest because he took a day of rest. We should take a day of rest. And then the six things about others is, uh, you know, we respect our parents. We do not hurt other people. We'll be faithful in marriage. We will not steal from others, and we will not lie, but we will tell the truth. And we don't never want to covet or go after what other people have. In other words, there's a satisfaction in our soul. Those aren't bad commands. They're wonderful commands. The Bible in the New Testament says that this way, we do to others what we would have done to us. We love our enemies even. God put the shall nots there so that honor and respect would live and rule. All of those things have to do with with respect and honor, respecting God and respecting others that God has put here on this earth. You know, if those two principles and these ten commands were really functioning in the Ukraine and in in the Soviet in Russia today, there would be no war. There would be no war there would be peace. They would resolve because they're seeking to honor God and they're seeking to honor each other. But there is this kingdom of darkness we know that prevails behind all that is is going on in that world today. I want to conclude today with a story in the life of Abraham uh, Abraham is a very interesting man uh, the Bible tells us we who are people of faith have Abraham as our father and so therefore we can we can learn from Abraham uh, Abraham had a nephew his name was lot and the story of Abraham and nephews uh, and lot his nephew are found in Genesis chapter 13 through chapter 19. And we can't go into all the details of this, but I just want to mention a few things about Abraham being a man of respect and a man of honor. He's amazing. He's a, he's amazing in this story. The story starts out that Lot and Abraham had expanded their resources and cattle and so on, and they needed more room. and um, they needed to spread out a bit, and and their 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 employees were arguing, and the situation was not good. And Abraham says to Lot, and I like this, he says to Lot, Lot, you look wherever you want to look, I'm giving you first choice. You take what land you want, and you go there with your your people and i 'll take whatever's left over now isn 't that an amazing attitude of respect and honor? You take what you want i 'm not worried about myself i 'm worried about you you just you I want you to have the very best. you know lot chose what the bible says a well watered plain, a very productive land and those who have studied this have said what Abraham chose was just rocky ground and was not really the best in Canaan. And, uh, and uh, but life went on. And, uh, you see, Lot chose earthly things. Abraham chose things that were not just of the earth, but he had a faith in God. And the Bible tells us that wherever Abraham went, he pitched his tent, he built an altar, and then he called on the name of the Lord. Lot didn't do that. He pitched tents, he dug wells, he got water, but he did not build an altar and call on the name of the Lord. You see... As you go on in this story, you, you learn that Lot moves where he thinks it's so great and Sodom and Gomorrah was right at the end of the trail and he's going to get himself into a lot of trouble and a lot of conflict over, over time because he did not have the right priorities. He needed to respect God first and then, of course, respect for others but he didn't do all. And it, it happens this way. I'm going to make, make this story short. Lot loses everything. Some kings move in and they start to, you know, fight over this good land and this good property, which Lot chose. And Lot loses it all. But Abraham comes to the rescue. He has respect for Lot, even though Lot didn't do the best. He could have said, Lot, you're done with me for the rest of my life. You just live on that good land and and just do your thing, and I'll never see you again. But no, he hears that Lot's in trouble, and he comes to his rescue, and he fights with these kings, and... uh, and and he wins the battle and restores to lot what is needed in his life and and good things begin to happen in his life as a result of what what Abraham does in helping him if we are people of respect we will not just fight for ourselves but we will fight for others and we'll We'll believe the best for them. The story goes on further with Lot. It's it's actually a horrific story in all that because God was not central in his life, although the Bible does call Lot a just man. I think he just made it into the kingdom, if you want to put it that way. It's not that he flourished or served in the kingdom, really. But the Bible tells us what happened in Lot's situation. Sodom and Gomorrah were horrific, immoral cities. And Lot saw what was going on and was pressured by all of that. And people tried to invade his house and demanded uh, that he would give up men for them to have relations with. And Lot was saying, I'll give you my daughters, which is more wholesome in the end. Lot ended up having an incestuous relationship with his daughters. His daughters were so disrespectful. They, they got him drunk on wine, and they had an incestuous relationship, which resulted in two, two different nations, as we, as we know, as we study the story. That's where two nations that were actually adversarial, adversarial toward Egypt came from. What a sad story. What a sad ending. Rather than having heaven on earth, all it would have taken was for Lot to build an altar, worship God, honor God, put God first, and it could have been different. It was different for Abraham. He put God first. He was a man of respect. Failure of Lot was in wrong priorities, lacking respect and honor. And you don't see Lot going out of his way to fight battles and rescue others. He basically lives for himself. And then he escapes from that city, and his wife turns into a pillar of salt. And the story goes I encourage you to read those chapters in your uh, time, uh, maybe this week, and, and, and read the story for yourself. Can I conclude by saying this? We show respect by our kind words, deeds, and actions. By cele- number two, by celebrating a person for who they are. Number three, by celebrating achievements. Number four, by celebrating birthdays, grads, whatever, special occasions. We show respect. Uh, we show respect by giving gifts. We show respect by fighting over the restaurant bill. I'm going to some people here in the city to the restaurant and they insist that they're going to pay the bill and, and we have a scrap, we have a fight going on. Who's going to get the bill? <laughs> I find that the Asian people are quite intent on paying their way. Uh, by washing one another's feet, as Jesus talked about, by stepping in to help when there's a crisis, uh, we show respect. By saying, you sit and I'll serve, we show respect. We show respect by taking someone out for a coffee or lunch or inviting them into our home. We show respect uh, by hospitality during martial law like Poland and some of the nations around the Ukraine are doing now. By caring when a family is facing sickness or loss. By helping others to fight their battles. Above all, we show respect and regard And we show that we care by honoring God, by accepting and respecting Jesus, by giving Jesus first place, by building an altar, a place of worship, and by worship. God help us to be people of respect and honor, creating a culture that is positive. Thank you so much.
2: Good morning, Thrive! Welcome to Thrive Church. My name is Christine, and I hope you had a fantastic time today at Thrive Church Online. Before we end off, let's jump into some announcements and take a look at what's coming up here at Thrive. If this is your first time joining us, we're so excited that you're here with us today. We want to show you how much we appreciate you being here today by giving you a Thrive stainless Steel water bottle. Please connect with us by texting new to 604-285-5770 or by visiting mythrive.info and click new to thrive so that we can mail you a water bottle. You may have prayed the prayer earlier today to receive Jesus. Congratulations! Share your grace news with us by texting or visiting mythrive.info and click I want to receive Jesus today or text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. We want to help you build your relationship with God and so prepare the gift and great biblical content for you to enjoy while answering some of your questions about Christianity. For those who are looking into taking the next step with Jesus in your life, it would be baptism. During COVID-19, getting baptized might look a little different than usual, but we are committed to help you have a great baptism experience that is also safe for everyone involved. Our next baptism is happening on Sunday, March 13th. If you're interested in getting baptized or want to learn more about it, please visit mythrive.info. Small groups, small groups is a place where you can get connected. I highly encourage you if you haven't yet to join a small group, we meet regularly on Zoom to encourage one another and grow together. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to mythrive.info to sign up. All right, so that concludes our announcements today. If you believe in the mission of Thrive and would like to contribute towards it, I highly, highly encourage you to head on over to mythrive.info and click online giving. A portion of today's offerings will be going to Global Aid Network, which will help aid the Ukraine refugees. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of the week. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!